Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome back to the In Awe Podcast, and I'm so glad you are here. Whether this is your first time joining us or you regularly gain inspiration from our awesome guests, you are in the right place. We are in a spirit-filling series on generosity this month, featuring women whose stories display hearts that pour out to others in a variety of ways from their unique vantage points in our world. Today's guest is one that I've been wanting to share with you for quite a while, and of course, timing for her message will be perfect. Amber Tiemann is the proud principal of Witt Elementary in Wiley ISD in Wiley, Texas. During her educational career, Amber's comprehensive understanding of student learning has resulted in a successful blend of technology and teaching. From a fourth grade teacher at a public school technology center to her role as a Title I technology facilitator responsible for 17 campuses, Amber has helped students and staff navigate their digital abilities and responsibilities. As the proud principal of Witt Elementary, she leads and loves on the cutest and smartest wolves in all the land. Amber contributed to education right now and is a co-author of Lead with Appreciation, Fostering a Culture of Gratitude. In this episode, we hear from Amber about the specific ways she works to generously give her leadership insights tied to leading through seeing others' strengths and boosting the climate with generosity. We talk about her experiences in leadership, and she gives her lessons to us regarding seeing people as they are, not as we want them to be. From her story, we learn how we too can embrace our own strengths and boost those around us through simple acts of generosity in our lives. I love this conversation with the energetic, loquacious lady leader, and I am honored to bring you Amber Tiemann's generosity story. Welcome Amber Tiemann to the In Awe podcast. I am so glad that I finally got you on my podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be able to connect with you. Well, here's the thing. We know that we could feature you on pretty much every Ever Eleven series. You're just everywhere. You're so dynamic. You got so much going on. But in in this month, we are featuring the topic of generosity. And I'm just so excited to share a little bit about that as it relates to your story. So we'll get into that. But could you share with my listeners a little bit about your current context in case anybody's crazy enough not to know you already? Oh, my lizard. Of course. Yes, I am a proud elementary principal in Wiley ISD, which is kind of a suburb outside of Dallas. Um, But I have 668 of the cutest and smartest wolves in all of the land and get to walk alongside a pretty awesome staff. This is my fifth year here as principal. And so it is just night and day compared to year one. But I'm super fortunate to be able to be in the district where my daughters are. My youngest, Tinley, is actually here with me. This is her last year in fourth grade. And I have a senior in high school um, who's also in Wiley. And so it is just a fantastic place that values relationships more than anything else. And it just totally aligns with what I think and believe and honestly do. And so it's just a real good place to be right now in my world. That's awesome. And I know that that's kind of the place where you've been using your leadership to grow beyond the walls of your school. And I like, by the way, how you frame that, that, you know, the core values in your school district are able to let you lead who you truly are. And that's just amazing. So that's really wonderful to hear. 
Thanks. I, I think that that transparency and authenticity is its kind of hard to fake what you care about, especially when we give as much as we do to where we are. So when that alignment is not there, I think it just kind of never fits the way that you want it to. <laughs> I've lived it. So <laughs> haven't we all, Sarah? I think so I think we probably have. So let's get into the, the topic of this month, the generosity and the stories that I have featured um, in this month. We were, we're talking about a wide range of how we can be generous. It's not just with our, our money. We don't want to jump to that. It can be with our time and our gifts and our talents. And I just love this message that you've co-created with Melinda Miller in this lead with appreciation. So I want you to be able to share with the listeners a little bit about the message in that book and, and basically um, maybe hit on some of the fine points of, of this generosity with how you lead and, and how you lead others and kind of give yourself so fully <laughs> to your role. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I learned very early, again, it, it comes back to, to recognizing your strengths and the things that are important to you. And and mine is that power of, of empowerment. And, and we had 12 people leave my campus last year, which is a shockingly high number for a staff of 70. But honestly, we added two positions and then nine of the other positions were promoted from my building. Part of that I genuinely believe is because I always want people to feel as if they are capable and and are able to do anything that they want to do. And if I can help tie into their strengths and I'm generous with my praise and my coaching and my feedback and my amplification of their successes, it just is going to help them recognize and see that they can be or do or accomplish anything that they've ever thought about. And I, I have been fortunate to work with incredible leaders who, who've who done the same with me, people that have just poured into my story and into my abilities. People, I mean, George Kuros is the person who so very many years ago um, asked how come I didn't go to conferences and how come I'm not out there doing these things and how come I can't help him with this project. And I was like, I am just this lowly assistant principal, George, what are you even talking about? But when somebody sees something in you and is able to help you feel like you're a part of something bigger than you are, the sky's the limit. The Melinda thing, Melinda and I had connected over Voxer and we're just at a space and place where we recognize that both of our love languages might be gifts and cheesy little acts of kindness and wanting to recognize and reward our our staff. And so we created a couple of different Facebook groups, one of them being a place literally all we share are appreciation and morale ideas. And it's just... From the different days of the week to the different holidays to celebrate all the people and all the things, our jobs are super hard and they're multifaceted. So the Facebook group, we we keep it very specific, very intentional, because again, I fully recognize that there are strengths and in, in, in areas of growth for every leader and everyone doesn't think like me. I see a box of Little Debbies and I can immediately think of a cheesy rhyme um, to say thank you or to say I see you or to say I appreciate you. And I've got something immediately. Um, but then I definitely have friends who that just doesn't occur to them. It's it's my husband is, is his love language is his acts of service and he mows the lawn and thinks that that should mean something to me and it just doesn't register. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that we have staffs that don't always think like us and we wanted to be able to, to give leaders an easy way to show appreciation, to build culture, to help improve climate, to 
appreciate the people that they work with and to kind of take the heavy lifting out of it for you. If I can tell you what to buy and what to say and what to write down, you may have all the intention in the world, but if that's just at the bottom of that to-do list, it just may never get done. Really easy for that to happen in leadership of any kind in any organization for us not to focus on those things because even though I think it's at the detriment of cultures and climates, when we have so many other deadlines and other things coming at us and in so many high powered and especially in the education field, challenging situations that can come at us at any point in the day, it's really easy to let that intention fall off and not do something to show generosity to lead that spirit of generosity in our buildings. And so as a primary beneficiary of your leadership in this area, I can tell you thank you because my mind might think that way, but I, if I don't have the time or make the time, I'm still not going to do it. Um, and then just trying making space for creativity can be challenging in that way. But I, but as a person who wants to be generous with time and with uh, creative things and ideas, it's nice to just have that resource. So can you share just some of the, the things that you've really uh, love from that Facebook group? Like what's the benefit of if any of my listeners want to join that Facebook group? Absolutely. I again think that I'm a very big believer in not surrounding myself with people who think, walk, act, dress, talk <laughs> like me because I want a balanced presentation of, of whatever it is that we're doing. And so this Facebook group has been incredible because you've got leaders from all over the nation and even some outside of the nation who are sharing the ways in which they appreciate and cultivate relationships just in really unique ways with their staff. And Sarah, you know as much as I do that sometimes even the bounciest, peppiest girl in the world gets tired <laughs> and gets <laughs> and and has a bad day or has a teenager who wrecks her car or, you know, just things happen in life. And it is not because I'm not genuine or it's not because I'm not caring. It's because everything else is happening around you. And um, having a support system that will be there to fill in the blanks if I ever need them to is incredible. And it is not the only thing that we deal with as a leader, but it's definitely one of the most important things. And it took my staff a, a couple of years to figure out that this is just who I am. This is, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be bouncy. I'm going to hand out snacks. I'm going to treat you to things and I'm not doing it for any other reason. than that's the way that I'm showing my love. And if you don't think that way, man, it sure is easy to, to kind of lose sight of things. Mm -hmm. So my, my assistant principal is fantastic and she is a workhorse like nobody's business. But when challenged to think of all the things, she said it was really hard because it seemed like everything else had such a sense of urgency. It's apparent in your face. It's a phone call that has to be returned. It's an email that there is a deadline, but showing a way to be genuine and to not make it feel artificial can be difficult. Mm -hmm. And so she just has appreciated the fact that this has now allowed her to gather some ideas and I think that most people put their own little twist on it. They put their own little spin to make it fit for their campus. But again, they don't have to just sit down and clear out the space and the place to say, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? What is that going to look like? Those kinds of things. It is. I just actually had a conversation this week with a principal and we were talking about just that the idea of the 12 days before the holidays giveaway and how fun it is, yes, to be generous with the people we, you know, we care about. We care about the people we're working with. And um, it just, again, just provides a focused opportunity. So would you give a couple of specific examples of some of the generosity that you've seen flow through that Facebook uh, community in the last month or so? 
absolutely. A lot of people have countdowns to the holiday break, to the Christmas break or their winter break. And one of mine and Melinda's favorite things that we've done for, I mean, as long as we've known each other for sure. So seven, eight, nine years, but she's done forever are these 12 days of Christmas. And so all of these leaders all over are finding ways to celebrate this countdown to break and not in a, oh my gosh, we can't get away, can't wait to get away kind of a way, but just in a, we are going to dedicate 12 days because the kids are amped up and the parents are amped up and we are ready to, to have a, a bit of downtime as well. Um, and so they're sharing all these really great ways. And even for Melinda and I, having have done it as much as we have, we're getting really cool ideas. It's really neat to see people share out things. And sometimes you just need a little refresh. And, and that's what these people kind of can do. They share Christmas gifts that they're um, um, sending out to their district leaders. So people like the maintenance department or the transportation department, those that don't necessarily get a thank you. Um, there are treats and gifts and ideas that, that you can share with people all over your district just to bring some holiday cheer and just to be able to say, hey, I see you. I appreciate you. Here is just a small token of what we want to be able to say and aren't able to on a daily basis. And so having that has just been really fun. So for listeners who are listening, think, you know, I want to do it. It's nice. You know, you don't have to do 12 days. You can do five, whatever works in your world. Absolutely. I talk way too much about Jay Posick on this podcast, but he is one of my favorite people on the planet. And I saw he posted in there the other day, just this clearly a container of water and a bunch of boxes of hot cocoa. So it's not pretty, but it's done. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you need that grace, that grace to see that girl didn't get to do 12 days. She did too. And it was awesome. And, and so again, and I think it always, we, we do a, a keep the quote that we share out and there've been a couple of holiday ones that were shared and it just makes me feel so much better about my handwriting and my lack of artistic ability. I'm like, yeah, see, I too feel validated in my fifth grader handwriting. <laughs> Thank oh. you leaders for sharing. <laughs> well, and it's so, I think it's really important to point that out since it's kind of fleshing out of this is that it's not really about worrying about, um, that competitive nature. And I, and I love that you have a spirit of such strong leadership in that space where it's not about comparing. It's really, truly about just sharing the wealth and being generous with our ideas. Um, because I think that's critical. We have so much that we have to be thinking about as leaders and as school leaders specifically, that there's a generosity to what you and Melinda have built here just in creating that space for leaders. So thank you for giving of yourself. It's really good. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that there's everybody kind needs to see that that Pinterest principal pressure is real and and there is a way to do it. And Melinda and I make no claims to be doing it better than anybody else. We just are willing to put ourselves out there. And yes, I have been very fortunate to have plenty of people that have have poured into me and, and showcased their different skill sets from all over the nation. Jay Posick is one of them. He was in a, a Voxer group that's where I connected with Melinda for the very first time. And so it's just great to see and connect with leaders who also believe in the power of our words and our actions in celebrating and appreciating those around us. Because again, ideally, um, that's going to trickle down to my wolves and to my parents and to our community and hopefully just kind of impact that whole public perception of what we do as, as public educators. Love it. Okay. So I want you to be able to get to um, two other things. You have this leadership vault that again, I know you and Melinda have spent a good amount of time in. The leadership vault is something that we, in one of our just crazy ideas of, of looking for ways to support leaders and ways that we can do it that are authentic. Like I have a real job. <laughs> I had a pep rally first thing this morning and, and all kinds of super fun hula hoop competitions. And it just is, that doesn't always allow me necessarily to connect because I, I do so genuinely love 
speaking at conferences or being at events and, and working with different school districts and organizations. And I've had some really awesome opportunities. Um, but I also love my job and I love what I do and I don't want to walk away from that, but I, I would love to also be able to help, you know, and Melinda feels the same way. She's got two girls and, and is just busy doing all the things. So, we came up with this leadership vault, which is a, a paid membership for school leaders. Um, and it's just people who are looking for ways to kind of level up their leadership. We not only talk about culture and climate, but we talk about working with data and how to have difficult conversations. And we provide resources for administrators to use to kind of build their image and their perception in their community. So just easy to apply social media tricks and images and schedules and strategies and just stuff like that. Things that we're doing and would love to be able to share, uh, but we do it in a private way, in a private group, so it doesn't get convoluted with questions or even honestly, more importantly, the negativity. And, and we want to keep it in a positive, intentional place. And so we kind of developed this leadership vault. Uh, we send out checklists every month. We send out ready to use images, resources, activities to work with your staff. And it's been crazy fun. We have over 150 leaders across the nation um, that are working with us right now. And they're seeing the value. We're seeing the fruit of that labor in, in their feedback. And so it has been a really cool idea. We, we're, we're enjoying it. That's awesome. And again, I to tie it back with this idea of you know, you talking about leading as your authentic self, because you can't fake it, is a generosity in itself. And then pouring that out to others is well, because as you stated, you've got a job. This is busy work. <laughs> so it's hard work, yeah. full work. I'm exactly you don't have a nine to five. That's not the way it, it runs with leadership of any sort and school leadership, of course. Continue to just gift the world with your talents and your leadership in other spaces, though you can't physically travel to always be present in those spaces. I think that's awesome. So that's good. Exactly that. One more project that I want to be able to share about is, of course, the book that came out this year, Lead with Appreciation, through the Dave Burgess Publishing Company. You want to chat just a little bit about that? And then I want you to be able to give us, you know, like a specific tidbit from there that the, the listeners could hook into so that they are sure to go pick that up. Absolutely. So Melinda and I were approached by Beth Huff and and just it was a very surreal thing being asked to kind of take some of the successes and celebrations from the Facebook groups and the value that she had seen there and uh, write a book. And so we were down for a challenge and decided to take it on. And this October, we're able to uh, publish Lead with Appreciation, which is, again, just fostering a culture of gratitude, uh, making sure that administrators or team leaders or just anyone who wants to, to create this culture of, of appreciation and generosity has something to start with. And it just kind of talks you and walks you through all the different seasons of the year from what Melinda affectionately refers to as the two armpits of the school year, October <laughs> and February. Because um, those are struggling morale months. That's when everything dips. Everyone's tired of each other and of everything. And so... We just have some real practical, practical, real doable, real easy ideas, tips. How do you get started? Who's paying for it? How do you delegate it? When do you make it happen? Uh, we just kind of walk you through all the different seasons of, of leadership throughout the year in ways that you can 
hopefully increase um, not only the way that you are showing your appreciation, but in that your people can feel and see your genuineness. Yeah, I just love it. And I can't, I, Melinda, I just can't even with her. She makes me laugh every time, but it's so good because there, there are armpits of the year. And I think it just in that sense alone, just being able to acknowledge that those exist everywhere, you know, that it's right. Right. school. You're not just waking up in those months going, Oh, why, why do I suck? It's me. No, no, no. It, that happens everywhere. It's, it's definitely a thing. And I also love, because I know there's so much research tied to this idea of gratitude and, and kind of generously giving and, and, uh, you know, making it an intention in your leadership. So it's really good. So I, listeners highly recommend picking that up. Um, and even for veterans, we get fresh ideas, you know, mm-hmm. you can get stale and run out of, of thoughts. So thank you for mm-hmm. putting that resource together. It's awesome. You know, one of my, one of my favorite, I love to read. I'm a very prolific reader. Um, luckily I read fast, so that helps. Uh, but Sean Aker and, mm-hmm. and the things that he's written, the happiness advantage and his newest book, big potential, there is a ton, ton of research out there that supports that people who are grateful are happier. People who feel as if they are contributing and that their work is being seen, they are happier. And that increases employee retention productivity. It increases just your overall happiness with self and life and what we do. And I sometimes think our job is just designed, unfortunately, to take all the heavy hits as leaders. And so if we can put any strategies in your hand that are going to help other people see and appreciate and for you to feel because when you are thankful, you feel thankful mm-hmm. and it's hard to be stressed and grateful at the same time. And so um, Sean Aker actually endorsed our book, which was an incredible thing uh, <laughs> that I was super excited about. And so it just, again, just validates that notion that there is a need, there is a place in this space for, for this kind of book. Oh, without question. And my listeners, regular listeners of this podcast be like, did she just mention Sean, I always say, Ag- mm-hmm. um, but again, a name I hadn't heard out loud before, but yeah, I love his work, love his research, love the whole positive psychology space. So good. Yeah. And, and so anytime we can mention that on this podcast is a good reminder. If you haven't listeners, if you haven't checked out his work yet, or even the Ted talk that I've referenced about 50 times on this podcast, then make sure that you hook into that because I think it, again, it's nice because it's not all fluffy rainbows, um, cutesy stickers. That's not what you're promoting. You're promoting actual research-based, um, life improvement, organization transforming practices. Truly, that's what we're talking about. So absolutely. Yeah, let's make sure we hook into that. Listeners. Okay, so Amber, I want to know a couple things about you. Uh, One, what makes you, you said not everybody's like made like you and I've seen you on social media, you posted um, an Eogram result. So you've done some self analysis. What is it about you that thinks becomes this natural thing to be generous with your spirits and your gifts? What do you think that is? I love the fact that there are so many different ways that you can analyze and learn. And honestly, leadership has taught me more than ever <laughs> that there are there are places that I can grow and places that I need to stretch myself. And and never should you ever just be able to say, well, I'm a three on the Enneagram, so that's why I act this way. So deal with it. My husband is a one, which is fantastic because he genuinely thinks that that means he's right all the time because the Enneagram says so. <laughs> I was like... Okay, we got to talk about that. That's not actually what the guy said, but it's fine. Um, (laughs) 
So I think that part of it is the way that I am wonderfully and beautifully made. I think that I have this desire to be liked and to be seen and to be important to you. And in order for me to be important to you, I have to know who you are and I have to know who you are at the core of you and what you like and what you don't like. And as a leader, I genuinely hope that we recognize the importance of knowing our people and who celebrates Christmas, who doesn't, who likes words of affirmation and who would rather never, ever be mentioned out loud in public ever. Um, And once I started to figure these things out about myself, that I, I am always going to care more about what people think of me than I ever should. Once you recognize that and you own that truth, it's almost easier to let go of things that people say. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and it wasn't until, honestly, just digging into this Enneagram and really understanding it that in my entire life, when people are like, why do you have five gazillion friends? There's no way you have that many relationships. But it's because I hold on to who they are to me and it, and it matters to me. And that's not something I can change because, again, it's the way I was beautifully and wonderfully made. And that's just all there is to it. So I'm going to just segue a second because <laughs> you're speaking my language in such depth right now. And I love it. I, I didn't even prep you for that question. And you answered it so beautifully. Um, you got my mind thinking. So I've worked on a solo project uh, that's coming up in a couple weeks lead with faith and the the faith is an acronym and the f stands for free to be you and i highly recommend that readers and listeners engage with the enneagram and you've basically just validated everything that i've been thinking for myself as an enneagram seven who's an enthusiast with an eight wing um, oh goodness yeah i it's interesting but i talk about that whole just exactly it like knowing yourself at your healthiest and knowing yourself at your unhealthiest really will make Mm -hmm. you the best leader that you can be but you also tapped into what i think is so critical is when we understand these um assessments that we understand all of them so that we can help those we lead, um, you know, feel seen and feel valued for who they are, not who we want them to be or not who we are, which I think Mm -hmm. is such a really wise statement from you, Amber. And I love it. I love that it came up on this podcast. It's so good. That's awesome. Yeah. And I always talk about too, the uh, Myers-Briggs, right? Because we think so much about introverts and extroverts. It's so much more than that. But I know in my (laughs) own leadership journey, I mean, I've struggled when I'm trying to launch a big change and I hadn't been thinking about the fact that, you know, I had some people who were unhappy with the information they're getting because they need the details while the other ones don't want it. They just have, they just want the vision, right? And so Mm -hmm. just good as leaders to really be digging into the personalities of those that we lead. I think if you can appreciate the people that you're working with, it allows you to see them also as multifaceted people. Yeah. And and if you don't expect you from people, which is really hard, I'm a three, I'm an achiever. <laughs> um, if I, if I could just stop expecting me from everyone and can appreciate that maybe when she points out every typo and concern about organization, it's because she's trying to help you, Amber, not because she's actually thinking negatively of you. That's her <laughs> strength. And so it has, it has helped me see that everyone brings something to the table and I've got to value their choices just as much as I value what I want to do. Oh, I love every part of that. Thank you so much, Amber. What a gift. So good. Okay. So I have two questions for you. One of them is if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? I think if I were able to go back and I I never meant to be a principal, that was never my plan. That was never my goal. Um, again, that whole achiever thing of, I always know I want to do more and I want to do something and I'm ready to go to the next thing. As soon as the first thing is done, um, if I could tell myself to slow down and that life will get there, 
I think I would be a much happier (laughs) in my 20s, in my 30s version of myself that if you had asked, where do you want to be at 41? I would be able to say this, this, and this, all the things that are true, but I just rushed so hard and was so anxious and and wanting them to be then. Um, It's okay to let things happen in the now and be able to appreciate them when it's supposed to happen versus when you think it should be happening. Do you think that ties so much to that achiever that that you couldn't really take those blinders off? Like, does that come with age or does that come with self-reflection? What do you think? I think it comes from sucking as a principal my first year (laughs) is what I honestly think that it is. I think I, I don't know that I appreciated where I was and, and tried so hard then to start doing it that I didn't let myself grow into who I now think that I am because I was so determined. Yes. Check principal go. This is what a principal does. This is what a principal thinks and how a principal acts. And I just was so check, check, check that I missed the forest for the trees and did all kinds of things wrong. Thankfully, luckily my people have loved me through all of that. My bless my poor superintendent's heart. Um, but they loved me through it. And now we're in a place, our culture and climate has never been higher. Our data has literally never been higher. Um, highest achieving campus in the district. It just, you got to stop. And again, it's that activator. It's that three. It's that achiever. It's the take a deep breath. It's okay. Mm. I walk fast. I talk fast. I make decisions fast. It again is just kind of who I am. And at 41, at least I can say that out loud and not be challenged when people want to know, why are you like that? That's just how I am. Mm -hmm. This is me. This is me. Next question. Um, You're giving us so much gold. If there's a listener out there on any of these topics that we've covered, really, they're just listening and they're hearing you as this, you know, confident, understanding yourself, influential woman, and they're finding themselves in a pit of fear or doubt. What could you say to them to help them kind of rise up out of that? I love Brene's Brown, Brene Brown's um, Dare to Lead. I thought that was just a, a very powerful work of literature. Um, and I also am a big fan of Rachel Hollis, that girl, stop apologizing. Just, just own who you are and where you want to be. You should not be judged by what people think you should be. You get to decide who you are. And if you can let go of what other people, the version that they have of you that they've made up in their head, then you can power through and get to be where you want to be. But you have to let go of that. And some of that fear, I think, genuinely comes from a place of, and and I, Sarah, still struggle with it. I still think that people think I'm super extra. Like, who does she think she is? Writing a book, trying to be a principal, doing all the things. I struggle with that. And I, I sit amongst my peers and just think, oh, they think I'm that girl. This is terrible. Um, but I have to let go of that. I have to let go of the fact that I get to be the me that I want to be, that I desire to be. And what you think of me can't hold me back from what I want to accomplish in my life because that's a terrible reflection to have by the time it's too late. Hmm. <laughs> So true. And thank you for being vulnerable and saying that you struggle with that, because I think that's just such a universal truth for all of us, Amber, you know, trying to make our way in this world and be truly who, as you said, wonderfully made to be and created to be. So what a gift you are to this podcast. I'm so glad that we were able to come together and finally record this and generously gift it to the listeners. You are so sweet. And I appreciate your patience and getting me here and getting through all the things. And, and it is an honor. Again, I feel like we have so many people in common for us to have actually never met because even through this, 
I think we could be besties. I'm pretty sure. Yes. You know, because honestly, in my head, I was like, boy, a seven plus a three equals 10. And that's an even number. And I like that. So we're good. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That might have been one of the weirdest things I've said all week, but it's all good. I just, I appreciated you. You have just jolted and boosted my day. I'm so grateful that I get to share your wonderful story with my community. Can you go ahead and share what is the best way for listeners to engage with you if they want to connect with any of these projects you've been working on or if they just want to get to know you a little bit better? What's the best way that they can interact with you? Well, I am quite loquacious on the Twitter. So I am 8Amber8 on Twitter. That is me surrounded by Troy Aikman. Um, And then I am on Instagram, and those are probably the two best places. I also blog at amberteeman.com, and so that's where I share all of my leadership lessons and trials and tribulations, but also a lot of successes and get to brag on my people. So those are probably the three best places to connect with me. Perfect. Well, as my listeners know, I will be sure to link Amber's um, contact information in the show notes that you can get to her easily. I'll link the resources that she's referenced for you. And I know that you'll be able to just gain from this awesome interview listeners. So Amber, thank you so much. And I just wish you the very best of the rest of this awesome month. And thank you for giving us generously your spirit on this series on generosity. Oh, thanks for having me, Sarah. Hey friends, did you hear that I'm publishing a book called Lead with Faith? Just like the In Awe podcast was a nudge to me to create, so was this book. I can barely believe that the launch is just around the corner and I want to invite you, my In Awe community, to join my launch team. Simply click the link in the show notes to sign up. I am insanely grateful for this community and look forward to seeing what we can do together to share the mission in this message. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.